Welcome to Grace Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name is Nate Davison, and I am your host here at Grace Story Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again on uh, this is a special episode. It is episode number 50. And for episode number 50, I couldn't think of a better guest to have on other than the president and founder of Grace Story Ministries, and that's Amber Jones. Amber, uh, the quintessential question I always seem to fall back on, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, Nate, and grateful for it. Well, we are, uh, well, as my grandma used to say, the devil's fighting because I have a head cold. Um, and uh, so I, I have the vocal integrity of a uh, summer camp evangelist on hour three of a sermon on hell. So it's <laughs> it's <laughs> waning and waxing. And I have the, the little cough suppressant thing in and the, the lozenge or whatever you call it. And I've got my cup of water. Um, so <laughs> we're, the devil's fighting. We'll see how it goes. Um, so yeah, episode 50, exciting stuff. And next month is March and that'll be two years of Grace Story podcast. So really, I don't know what we're going to do then for to celebrate two years if I'm going to have balloons that people can't see in the recording or what, but uh, <laughs> we'll have to do something. Um, but yeah, we're excited to have you on. And, and usually with you on there ends up to there ends up being some sort of weird title that pops out i don't know what you have for us this time what what is the topic for this episode well you know as i prepared for today's conversation um i've spent a good amount of time just praying about what our community may need to hear in this season and i mean we're all leaning into the hard daily nate i mean just it's it's just hard and there's a lot of anxiety and some of these topics that have been covered on the podcast are timely and and people are really actually experiencing them. Sometimes we're packing tools for future use. And I think right now there's a lot of triage that's happening right now where we're just getting through day to day. So one of the things that I've been praying about and working through in my own life is in that hard daily how do we learn to rest in the goodness of God being at work in our lives, even when we don't see him? And that is something I have had to wrestle with personally uh, over the last month or two in a, in a kind of a new, different leveling up sort of way. Well, and, and tell me if this is too personal, but you, you bring that up and that's kind of intriguing how much of that deep personal way uh, can you share with us and the listeners? Yeah. Well, over the past few months, I mean, I've alluded to it different times, but one of the things, you know, one of the things that I hold myself to um, as a public figure is making sure I don't st share these stories out of the wounding, like while I'm still in the wounding to be able to process through. And so while maybe now isn't the time to dive completely in to what Darren and I have been experiencing, um, I can say that over the last 16 months, <laughs> there have been some really crazy situations um, that have surprised us. And people have actually let me know in some really ugly, surprising ways uh, through letters and things like that, that, you know, the ways that I'm disqualified or unchristian or unchosen for this job of leading the ministry. And um, enough so that unfortunately has ended with us needing to find a new place of worship, a new place for our family to have a season of healing and, um, and wrestling with what 
what this next kind of season, this next phase for our family might look like. Well, I can understand. Well, that, that sounds, first of all, pretty fresh. Um, and that it sounds like you're still kind of going through it as you're, you know, searching for that community, uh, place where you can heal, place where you can also grow. Um, and you got your kiddos that are, are on their own uh, search for relationship with Christ and, and growing in Christ. Um, so there's a lot of dynamics there. I know on our next podcast, we're going to have Dr. Andrew Graham talking about spiritual trauma, church trauma. Um, so I think that'll go neatly, neatly with that. But um, man, so how do you, well, how do you go through something like that? And do you, do you struggle with bitterness? putting you on the spot a bit, but like what, yeah, are, yeah. Are, I guess what I'm asking is Amber, are you human <laughs> or have you reached <laughs> the pinnacle of tools wielding the, the, just the sword of the Bible and you don't struggle with hurt and bitterness? Oh, wow. If only I could, you know, that's the person we want to. And I know there's a book I'm reading right now <laughs> out of this. It's Jess Cannoli's book, you are the girl for the job. I mean, it just seemed really apt when I saw it on Amazon. I was like, well, I need reminded of that. So Me I bought too. the book. I, I need and, reminded that I'm the girl for the job. <laughs> you are. You are the girl for the job. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it has been interesting over the last three months. You know, I like to sketch out as part of my journaling. And literally, um, I was amused the other day as I looked at, I've had three different views of where is God in my struggle over the last. And so, you know, in November, it was one December, another January, yet another. And I was like, wow, that's literally, this is real time. How processing looks like the journey of where are you God in this? And, you know, for November, we come out of the high of conference and, um, and so much prayer and part like, anticipation leading up to that. And, and at that point, it felt a little bit like, where is God in the struggle that on a personal level, this, you know, Grace Story is doing fantastic, we're moving and we're growing, but in a personal place, where, where is God? Does he see me as a person, not just as a ministry leader? And, um, and in that, it felt kind of like my face was buried into, you know, God's long flowing robes. And I'm just standing behind him like that little girl, like clenched fist, eyes squeezed tight. Like, I don't see the world. It's just me and he's protecting me. And I'm just, you know, behind him. This is, this is where God is in this. By December, things had moved to the place. And December is always tough for me personally anyway, because I have a lot of baggage that has been talked about before, but around Christmas and, um, and some of those stories, but, um, that it seemed like God was like, he, you know, those, in those pearlescent clouds, like he was with watching Job, like I'm aware I'm not gonna, I'm only going to let it go so far. I'm just watching. And, um, you know, and yet here I'm down, crunched in a fetal position on the ground and the devil is just has free reign of attacking me while God watches. And, and I thought, where are you in this? You know, that you're, I know you're watching, I know you're aware, but you seem so distant and you're not stepping in to take control of this. And it's interesting because, you know, if we look at Galatians 6, it can feel like God is not present, right, in our struggle. 
because these people are getting by with it. There, there's no accountability and we want them smoke with lightning. I mean, we want them to get saved first, but, you know, be right with Jesus and then and then get struck with lightning. Not really. But, you know, there, in the, there are those moments where we do. It's just like, I just want to see justice done. Yeah. And looking at Galatians 6, it says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, he'll reap. And then it goes on to say, let's not be weary in doing good, for we will reap in due season if we don't give up. That's our endurance. That's our resilience. So then as we have opportunity, let's do what is good toward all men, and especially toward those who are of the household of faith. And that to me is where some of the struggle comes. What ha- what does that look like when, and I'm so grateful Dr. Graham is coming on next episode to talk about this because he's so qualified to address this topic. What do we do when it is the household of faith, you know, that has attacked us? It seems like you can, you can, kind of chalk it up to well they're they're evil they're sinners you know like that they're they're expected to behave that way what do we do when it is a good person that's exhibiting narcissism what do we do when it is a good christian fellow believer that is inflicting this on us and how do we reconcile that so i love that he's coming on to talk about that we're not going to dwell there today but we want you to know it's coming well and it's going to be a good one i can't wait for it but you talked about that galatians chapter and if you go back in there too, it says, you who live by the Spirit. And it's talking about people who are caught up in sin. Uh, but you who live by the Spirit, help restore that person gently. Um, and I think taking that on to what you're talking about, instead of praying for God to hit the smite button, uh, where, wherever that may be, um, instead, find ways to try to understand. Um, you may not be able to understand, but looking behind the scenes, I have baggage, which informs my behaviors and my views and trying to take a moment to pray for those who despitefully or spitefully use you. Is it despitefully? No, despitefully. There we go. Yeah. And I, and I think honestly, to be really vulnerable, that is, that is where God has me right now in his compassion, just touching that tender, that tender wounding that is still very present and saying, will you pray for them? You know, can can you pray that my face would shine upon them, that my spirit would speak to them? And, and that that is a choice we have to make. So God invites us to pray for our enemies, whether they are of the household of faith or outside of that, we're to pray for them. And that's where I am. You know, that's 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 where I am. I think that's the invitation that God currently is inviting me to. Well, it's it's interesting when you use the word enemy um, because you're also talking. You mentioned you're talking about somebody who is in the body of Christ. Um, yeah. It reminds is- me of a tweet that I that I saw the other day. It was the frenemy of my frenemy is my frenemy. <laughs> like or within nice. the body of Christ. And, and you go again, yeah. back to that Galatians chapter, chapter six, if you go to uh, verse 10, it says, therefore, and heaven forbid, but I'm reading out of the NIV. It's what, what popped up. But therefore, <laughs> as we have, <laughs> there's the benzocaine. Um, <laughs> therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. And then this last part, especially to those yeah. who belong to the family of believers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want this sermon to be for someone else, but I guess it's for me today. 
uh, ouch. Like, especially those within the body of Christ, when we're talking about unity and we're talking about um, coming alongside others and, you know, they may be hurting us. We had that one with... uh, with uh, the pastor who was in the cave of misery, and and he called the the gentleman who was once his cheerleader a well intentioned dragon who destroyed <laughs> his ministry. Scott Disler talked about this. Yes, and he ended up having to move, you know, fifteen, twelve to fifteen yeah. hours away from his grandchildren, and yeah, he's still working through all that. Um, but it's it was somebody that was clearly within the body of Christ, uh, so yes. you don't get to dehumanize and unchristianize and all the eyes and uns to someone else. Um, man. And that's, that's one of the reasons, I mean, you know, I get messages from people, I would say almost daily and some are encouraging and some are reaching out for help. And that is an encouraging to me as well in a different way, just that we're actually creating this resource that's out there, but I'm hearing from people. I'm hearing from people that are actually going through this. And that's one reason I want to put enough of the current happenings. Like on my on my Instagram, I say, you know, a snapshot journal of, of my journey of restoration. I want to be open enough with what I'm working through right now that I can help other people just kind of normalize this a little bit. This is, yes, we're going to do it messy. We're going to do it imperfect. But it's where are we leaning in? You know, are we leaning into it? Are we leaning into the invitation of Christ to do the hard things like pray for those that have hurt us? Or are we kind of taking a step back and saying, yeah, I'm just going to push the the snooze button on that for a minute, you know? And, and so, and I think we'll talk about that in a minute, something, an example that God showed me. But real quick, I want to just, I had mentioned there's three views of that I've had of God. And I really want to get to that third one. Because as I started, it was the literally the way I started this new year, New Year's Eve, I had a debilitating anxiety attack. I was just dropping wheat. We breed golden doodles and golden retrievers. I was taking one to meet with someone and I got stuck at a gas station partway, you know, down 123 or 127. I forget where I was, 127. And I, I, I was stuck with my kids at a gas station. I couldn't drive. And it just didn't make sense. And I was like, you know, I thought I was over these. And, and here I am. Darren's a large animal vet. He's on the phone with me for hours trying to talk me down, de-escalate it so I can get home. And, and you know, that feels so weak. And that is something, you know, like for me where I'm like, I, I'm, you know, I'm independent, I'm capable, I can do this when we're reminded of our weakness and how our body keeps the score of the trauma that we have gone through. And it was just a culmination of the last year and a half and how how those kind of come in just all finally I was in a place where I was safe enough to begin feeling this current trauma again. It was just overwhelming. Well, let, let me throw this out there because it may be a softball question for you, or it may be like a hmm type question. But yeah. so you, you talked a little bit at the beginning of this episode about, um, you know, some people who encouraged you to quit uh, because you're unqualified and, you know, you're you're maybe doing it for the wrong reasons or, you know, um, yeah. very, very 
encouraging stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. Hey, you have a passion. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, you're no better than the rest. I don't know what it was in those. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, did, Nate, did you write that letter? <laughs> it was anonymous <laughs> from email. Anon. It was uh, not anonymous. Actually. It was, it was very, very well documented. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, with the date, but when, when you're, so you have that subset of people that uh, have, I, I'm assuming, no clue what actually goes on at Grace Story Conference and the amazing, wonderful work that God's doing and the people that have you know, are there in community and like getting journey of restoration. It's amazing stuff, all biblically based, uh, Christian worldview, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you come along and you're however many years into this, three, four uh, of Grace Story and you're leading it and you can't get out of a gas station because you are having a panic attack. Yeah. You're an imposter, right? Everything they said was true. (laughs) Who are you to lead an organization of, of healing and restoration on your journey when you can't even get it right yourself? Right. (laughs) Right. So Maybe not a softball question, but I agree. What's the question? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> let me, let, let, we can make a reel out of that little section there. Um, wow, but like that—that's gotta come into your head. That's gotta play in. Uh, what do What do you do with that as a leader? Well, and that—that that I think is part of the point here is that we can have a couple of loud voices that say what we already feel in the recesses of our own condemning minds. Um, and that can leave us benching ourselves, so to speak, you know, like you're right. You're right. I, you know, I'm just going to be over here. And that has happened. Um, I have, I have allowed it over the last year to say, well, maybe my story isn't valid, um, to speak into those, those already vulnerable places in my own life that are like, why did God pick me? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, because I was, you know, anytime I ask him, like, um, are you sure you got the right girl for the job? And what he comes back to is you're willing. And I've said that before, but that's really all it is. It's it's that I'm willing to continue showing up. And um, Natalie Runyon, I, I love her page. And and guys, if you're listening to this and you don't follow Raised to Stay on Instagram or Facebook, yes. please yeah. go check out that community. Great stuff. Um, she is doing amazing work. I, I want her to come to conference at some point just to be tied into what we're doing. But um, right now, raised to stay, go check it out. But she recently shared some insight and she said, some of us didn't know our first fruits would be judged as if on display at the county fair. We didn't count on anyone being jealous of our talent that we ourselves have been tempted to bury. And she goes on, the whole post is amazing, but it really connected because there's a vulnerability in leading Mm -hmm. and whether it's public ministry and we have pastors, wives and Sunday school leaders and, and worship leaders as part of our community, we have business owners, we have entrepreneurs, we have these people within our community that are, are really leading And then we all like publicly. And then we also have those that are leading from the home. I mean, I'm a stay at home mom and I'm leading my kids every day and wondering, are we doing it right? I mean, I'm homeschooling and I I always tell my husband, my report card comes when the kids graduate. Do they get into college or are they all still in my basement? Like, I'm not sure about this. Are you still writing their papers for them at 
No. Wait, is that a problem? Should I stop? <laughs> I you know, but but whether it's public ministry or for the privacy of our homes, it doesn't mean just because we're leaving it leading, it doesn't mean we're stronger or that we're more indifferent to conflict. Being a leader does not mean that we don't struggle with those things. It can just mean that we're passionately connected enough to the cause mm-hmm. that we're willing to push through the rejection the uncomfortable and the confusion in order to figure it out. And I know as men's conference starts up, um, just to turn that, that a little bit back on you as the host, like men's conference is coming and you know, you and I've had these conversations where we're saying, uh, yeah, like, am I the right person for the job? I know I'm passionate about this, but man, I'm still growing, you know? And, and I know you felt some of that as well. Um, well, with that, when we talked about it, I, I, I compare myself to Gideon because um, like, hey, I'm going to throw out another fleece, but this time I'm going to turn it upside down. Um, yeah. Okay, well, this time, but for real, if you really, really want me to do this, like I am that uh, doubting Thomas in the group, like, I get it, guys. I see you around here. You're believing, but I'm going to need to touch it. So, <laughs> exactly. like... And then it's like, there you're like, okay, well, yeah, uh, I guess this is real. <laughs> Who knew? Oh, you guys wow. knew, but I didn't know. Like, wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, it's that, it's that almost, and I, I think I want to have an episode where we talk about imposter syndrome because oh, it really yeah. is what you're talking about. Like, who am I that I'm going to make even a, a stinking reel on Instagram about yeah. mental health and being better than who you, you, I, I haven't arrived. Who am I to talk about this stuff? And that, yeah. that's where you get into some of this, this stuff about, you know, feeling like Gideon or feeling like I got, woe is me and, and I'm, I'm not enough. But I think that goes into part of it is when we talk about breaking cycles, I need to be who I wanted someone else to be a long time ago. Not so I could follow that person. Not so I could uh, make that person more than they should be or put them up on a pedestal because pedestals, <laughs> they become precarious and people tend to fall off of them. Uh, yeah. But I need 100% to be. 100% of the time. <laughs> yes. I need to be that person that is, as I'm learning, whether somebody else knows it or not, uh, man, if there was something out there with the information Grace Story had 20 years Absolutely. ago, I'd be following that Instagram account. And I'd be learning yeah. along with it. So like, it's not, it's not being more than you are. It's just being willing to be used. Yeah. And it hit me just this weekend, you know, like literally this is real time learning for me around this as God restores my heart. And that gives me, honestly, it makes me lumpy throated because this is a God who is so kind, so gentle, so patient. And, and yet, and yet he does call us to restore us, he restores us back into the confidence that I am the one who called. I am the one that sees the value. I am the one who places the value on you. And and so, do you have a voice? Do you have a place? And I think a lot of people struggle there. Do I have something to offer the world, you know, when everybody else seems to be doing it so well and so much more shiny and with a lot more followers and, you know, all these things that we're, that we're comparing ourselves to. But as I went through, I found, 
uh, you know, I like to follow my husband into the bathroom while he's trying to get ready for Sunday morning. And I followed him in. He's at the sink getting ready. And I'm like still talking away using my 60,000 words. And, and I said, Darren, I just realized there's such confirmation. We have been hearing so-and-so talk about this, this podcast referenced this topic, this. And I said, why do we think we're so easy or quick to minimize? Well, I don't have something new to say. Mm -hmm. When a multitude of people are saying the same thing, it feels like confirmation to us. But when we feel like we're saying the same thing as a bunch of other people, it feels like we have nothing new to say. So maybe we don't have a voice, a message, or a place because everybody's already saying this. And yet, when we're looking for something new, when we're in a new season, we're looking for a message from God, it feels like confirmation when there are people saying the same thing from their own perspective, their own filter, their own life, you know, their life experience. And yet we're like, this is all. So that to me was light bulb in the words of despicable me. <laughs> the, you know, it was a light bulb moment. Yes. Well, it, it, um, it goes along with what you're talking about with, um, and how'd you put the vulnerability of leadership? Um, I mean, I'll go like I called you up this last week, uh, driving my kiddo to school. Um, and I just had this moment where, you know, it was a, strangely quiet for one having a two-year-old in the back um but yeah. she's just back there looking out the window and and i forget which song it was or whatever came on but having having uh, it, a scripture came to mind of god actually delighting in me yeah and me like delighting I, I know what that means like when i delight in something i really want to go do it i love going to a baseball game like if if there's an opportunity bam i'm there I love hanging out with my best friend, Seth. If there's an opportunity, I will drive an hour and a half and go. If God actually delights in me, he actually likes me. And I had one of those Sarah Fry hashtag it counts moments in the car of Amen. God likes me. And so with that, remembering something, you know, from grandma and grandpa just seemed to always be just a moment away from like we talked about in that episode, uh, Raising Hell, ironically. <laughs> like, grandma and grandpa yeah. reigns. They were always just a moment away from the presence of God. Yeah. And for me, growing into God likes me, then that means he's just like, if I'm like, hey, and this isn't to diminish the holiness and, and reverence and respect of God, but just like if he's Absolutely. my father... Yeah. And he likes me. All I have to say is, hey, do you want to hang out right now? I don't yeah. need to pray down heaven and I don't need to go through 20 different uh, Gregorian chants to turn this truck into some austere, sterile environment that God can be. He wants to hang out with me because he likes me. Yeah. And then just that is what grandpa and grandpa had. Uh, that's what they experienced. He's just yeah. a whisper away of like, hey, you want to hang out? Yes. I do. I created you. I love you. I know everything about you. And you know what? If you want to learn something today from me, I'd love to teach you. Uh, but if not, if you just want to hang out and be overwhelmed by my presence, I am here for you. Um, and that is relationship. So within the vulnerability of leadership, it's like letting people into those moments that otherwise you probably wouldn't let anybody into. And it's, it's 
uncomfortable because <laughs> you're like i uh i ugly cried in the car this morning worshiping god it was <laughs> like you don't want to share those yeah. things like you know like, i'm putting on facebook right now i got uh, cried and i'm a man and i like you don't want to do that yeah. um but it's okay to do that like who says it's yeah. not okay to cry and be a man like culture does i guess uh, everything right. we've grown up with says be manly you know repress emotion (laughs) but yeah i think that's that vulnerability you're talking about in leadership is that can be uncomfortable yeah and that that i think is what takes me into the third view of god that i was talking about and there there came a moment where i i had to take a weekend it was our our planning for the year I was alone in Cincinnati and I just dedicated a couple days to holding away and asking God to, to meet me, um, to, to create that space where I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't know, but that expectant waiting. And in that I got the picture of, you know, the bombing of Hiroshima where everything yeah and so that's hopeful um (laughs) there's a left turn where every everything is gray Mm. desolate there's no life left the hope is dead and there's that little girl you know i i feel like this is a picture we've seen on national geographic or something but like there's just this little girl standing in the middle of that desolation and she's not crying She's just dazed. And and that child doesn't know where to turn. She doesn't know if she has family left. She doesn't know if she has a community to go home to. She's just standing there dazed. And, and it's still unsafe. There's still bullets whizzing around. And she's just standing there. And I pictured God as the soldier that comes in, you know, and he's got all of his gear his pack, his helmet, he's, he's in there and he runs in and he just scoops her into himself. And the battle isn't over, but he has shown up. And while those, all of those things are still flying around, he has her scooped to himself. He is holding her close and he is taking her to safety. And I realized this is where God is. Sometimes when we still feel the fray of what this world is throwing at us, there's there's this moment where we can understand that God is at work even when we don't see him. And that's grace. It's the undeserved favor of my heavenly father, who is the hero in my story. And Jess Cannoli writes in her book, the the one that I mentioned earlier, that you are the girl for the job. She says, God is the hero. We are just a part in his rescue story. And so as leaders, as ministry leaders, as, as leaders of our home, when we feel like that dazed, I literally do not know which step to take because I don't see safety any direction. We need to remember that we have a God who is the hero, God who is not just watching from his pearlescent heavenly clouds, but he's already on his way. He is already there scooping us up. 
and taking us, tucking us in around himself. Kind of, I just see him like, you know, those shoulders wrapping in to protect us as, as he's running us to safety. And the safety is him. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it goes again with, he does that because he loves us and he likes us and we're his and he wants to yeah. protect us. He wants to do it and he doesn't do it begrudgingly. Like, well, you messed up again. How'd you get yourself in? Why are you still feeling this way? No, he understands everything about us and our emotions are part of what makes us made in the image of God. Um, And he also came to earth and he understands because he went through all these types of emotions. And yeah, he just wants to protect us. I love the way Heidi, who is our, she's my sister-in-law, but our prayer coordinator um, for Grace Story Conference and inside of our exclusive, the the private community we have there on Facebook. <clears throat> I love the way she says this. Um, the day that I was struggling so, so deeply, she said, I know our body keeps the score. We talk about that. Our body keeps the score. But she texted me in and it connected so deeply. I know our body keeps the score, but I'm asking that Jesus will hold the score for you today. And I think that's the picture we need to remember. Yes, our body keeps the score. We have to do the processing. We have to do the work. We need to take a look back and get the story straight. But at the end of the day, we're not doing this journey alone. And when it feels like we are, when it feels like we are, there are some times that we just have to turn back in prayer create that sacred space with expectant waiting to say, God, I am waiting for your presence today. That's not always going to be a felt presence. I believe that often it is. If we do the diligence of truly quieting ourselves and saying, this is the space I'm creating for this today. He honors that. He will honor that in one way or another. But um, but yeah, that he, that he is the one that is going to show up and hold the score for us. Well, with it, and so there's some competing ideas here. I don't know, I don't know if they're necessarily competing, but I want to throw this to you in the form of a question so that you can kind of clarify um, and, and bring some meaning to some of the words that you've said here. Cause there's, there's the competing idea of you, you mentioned at one point <laughs> pressing the snooze button, on, yeah. on kind of healing um, and, and talking about your hurt through some things that are going on in your life. And then also you've, you've put out there the protection and taking a time of where in the midst of healing, God protects you, protects you and, and, and holds you in his arms. Can you uh, maybe compare or contrast the ideas of the snooze button on healing and then also the need for rest and protection in in Christ. So we can treat a valid necessary season of stepping back and and a necessary season of healing a bit like the snooze button. When we hit that snooze button in the morning, we aren't actually getting more rest. It just feels good to delay what we know is coming next. Those I like to call them those elastic 9 minutes of procrastination feel comfortable but can also have an underlying feel of dread attached because you do like you know oh the cold bitter air of this room you know as I crawl out of these these comfortable covers and now I just want to take a nap 
But <laughs> those elastic nine minutes of procrastination, they, they can feel comfortable, but we know what's coming. We can stretch the healing season much the same past its usefulness into an elastic season of avoidance of the hard new that is coming next. Um, one of the, the examples that comes to mind is Scott Rhino, who is pastor of Waterline Church um, in Fishers, Indiana. He's one of our mentors here on the Grace Story team. And he talks about hope being like manna. And God gave manna new every morning. It can't be stored up. It's fresh every day. And so when we expect today's miracle to look like yesterday's relief, it can sometimes trip us up. Today's expectation is, God, I am leaning hard on you for today. And that is what I have had to learn and lean into over the last month as I've worked through and tried to rebuild my nervous system and, and really taken practical steps to overcome anxiety and I've, I've posted about some of those, those things that I've been doing on my page. But Lamentation says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And when the hope comes daily, we live in expectation. This is our, our opportunity to grow in our dependence. It's an opportunity to trust in the goodness of God. This is what grace looks like when it's at work in our suffering. And, and it comes when we decide to make purposeful space in expectancy. At our 2021 conference, Dr. Lyon, who is just one of those people where I like, I'm like, pinch me. Do I actually have Dr. Lyon as a mentor? Like, this is incredible. <laughs> if you don't know who she is, Google her. She was one of our speakers. Um, right now, our digital archives are are out for those who were a full ticket holder for 2021. And Dr. Lyon is one of those speakers. And during that session, she shared with us that there are two prayers that we can pray. Um, when we're in difficulty. One is the prayer of resignation, where we just grit our teeth and say, we'll get through this, whatever God wants, he's going to do. And we just like, bless God, I'm going to do it. You know, there's that. That's the prayer of resignation. Or we can pray the prayer of relinquishment that says with open-handedness, and I think we've all been in one of those services where they're like, open your hand, let this go. And you're like, me, I'll open it, but I'm still thinking. You know, that prayer of relinquishment that says, in faith, I look forward to what God has in store. And that we don't do that with an expectation attached. When we can come to the point where we truly say, I trust you enough in this circumstance to open my hand and say, you will redeem what the devil meant for evil. Well, that good. So there's all those, those many ideas in, in scriptures where it's like, ask in confidence. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, there's this misunderstanding of ask in confidence for that car or ask in confidence yeah. for that. But it's always within the will of God. And that, that goes back to that trust of what you just said, opening my hand, trusting God enough that I can say whatever you want, I am asking in confidence for that without an yeah. expectation. Yeah. That's yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. 
And and I think that's one of the things I'm calling our Grace Story friends to do is to look forward with that expectant hope to what God is already doing, what he's already doing on our behalf. You know, I shared a post recently with something that Darren had said, and it was funny because when he, when he saw that, he's like, wow, I said that, you know, and sometimes he doesn't remember all the wisdom that it just like pours forth from his mouth. But, um, but really, he had said, we should not presume to know what God is or is not doing. And, you know, Nate, I want to encourage our friends to give themselves grace to do it messy, to understand that we can know without a shadow of a doubt in our head with our logic that God is good and real and holy. And at the very same time, our feelings can betray what our head knows. This is the battle of faith. This is where the blood of Christ steps in and makes up the difference. Look expectantly forward in these moments when it feels like everything is falling apart, like we're drowning in the anxiety, those those thoughts of maybe the world would be better without me in it. When the uncontrollables and the unknowns are just so real. Don't lean on your own feelings because they will misguide you. Acknowledge them for what they are. They are there. They are there to warn you. They are there to tell you that something is is needing addressed within your body. So don't ignore them. But lean into the truth of God's word and ask the Holy Spirit, what is true for me? Give me a truth to hold on to. Seek him with the sincerity of your heart. And I promise, I know I have experienced this to be true. He will be found. I know this conversation today has had a a little bit of the um, leaning towards those in leadership. But whoever you are, wherever you are, you are leading. You do have a place of influence. It matters. It matters. You have something uniquely that you offer the world. And sometimes I'm with you. I mean, here I am, you know, leading Grace Story and figuring it out. Some days I feel like I'm figuring it out as I go. Sometimes I literally am figuring it out as I go. But that's okay. That's okay. We look around and the glossy finish of everyone around us that seems like they're the confident ones. They're the ones pulling it together. They're the ones who can homeschool and, you know, run the marathon and do the all the idealistic versions of themselves. And we hold ourselves up to that. We hear this all the time about comparison on Instagram. I'm not going to get into that. We already know that message. What I want to talk about is the, when the rubber meets the road, when you're alone at the end of the day and you've had that one more time, a confrontation with your husband that you were just trying to be vulnerable and it didn't go the way you went. When you've, when you've struggled with temptation and maybe failed at the end of the day, when you have had those moments where for whatever the scenario, whatever the reason, you have felt like, I have failed, I've messed up. This is what disqualifies me. You are not disqualified. You are human and God's grace covers it 
but you have to turn around and you have to give that to him and lean in to what he's calling you to do. Sometimes that means waking up from that season of healing, waking up from that time that you've given yourself to, to separate and set aside and, and, and look at the uncomfortable and say, okay, enough of that. Today is the day that I'm starting fresh. I'm starting new. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk out into whatever it is, one step at a time into what God has for me. Well, and it's like we always say there, hear a great story. There is no us without you. Yeah. Like yeah. you're the, the people that are feeling disqualified and the people that are feeling like, well, that's for someone else. Like you're, you're our people. <laughs> that's yeah. who we are. So yeah, I love yeah. that. We are about out of time. Um, I know we, we want people to, you know, do the usual, share this, go to great story, uh, ministries.com subscribe to our, our email list. So you don't miss out on anything coming up with great story men's conference or the women's conference, uh, different things coming out. Um, and also if you're, if you're listening to this and you were at great story conference, 2021, you've got a code sitting in your inbox right now and you can watch all of the archives from both 2020 and 2021. You can also share that code up to three times. So, uh, yeah. Time to share some of what God has given you uh, and what you've invested in on yourself. But um, Amber, thanks for coming on this episode. Thank you for sharing your heart and uh, encouraging the Grace Story community. Yeah, I always love having a conversation with you, Nate. And I am personally looking forward to the next episode with Dr. Andrew Graham. I think Absolutely. it's going to be a really good one. Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with that episode. Um, it's going to be a good one, uh, probably probably a heavy one. So, uh, you know, make sure you're prepared for that church trauma, spiritual trauma with a licensed uh, counselor. Um, until then, we'll be praying for you on your journey of restoration. Don't give up. There's no us without you. We're in this with you. We'll be praying for you and we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>